0: do 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 Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 416. And why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Do you remember doing episode number 415, my darling?
1: No, I don't. I just... I just walked down into our studio. We actually have a new studio, everybody. It's Thank you,
0: Jeremy, for Jeremy Kraft from Avid Company for building us a new studio.
1: We'll take pictures and put them online for you. But I walked in and I was like, oh, new studio. And I've been in here before, but yeah. I it's have It's new to
0: you because to some of the cobwebs have since... And removed from, I think your, I fell asleep from your brain
1: during the last podcast.
0: Um we're gonna talk a little bit about the last few weeks of our lives. Um, but do you um, want to do the bullet point things of what we've coming up? I'm kind of ready if you Go want me ahead. to do yeah, it. Do, you do it. The biggest thing is our conference March 2nd and 3rd. We're six weeks away. Yeah
1: it's time if you're coming because people keep stopping me and saying um you know I'm coming or I can't wait or do you need any help at but they haven't bought their ticket yet? Now is the time. Get, get your ticket and if you are a, a teacher of any kind, in the schools, a yoga teacher, a parent educator, a mindfulness teacher, you get a discount. All you have to put in is coupon code TEACHER.
0: These are my three bullet points of why you should go to the conference. Let's hear it. Feel outstanding. Number two, surround yourself with like-minded parents, right? Right. And three, Cheryl, Mike, and Milk. Oh, my gosh. Many, many good reasons. Speaking of Milk, she's one of our speakers and performers. And
1: she's singing, yeah. As it
0: turns out. I'm going to play a quick 15 seconds just because I love Milk. Go ahead.
1: Before you play that, are you playing it from the march this weekend? From the video. I couldn't find it. Okay. Well, let me just tell you this story really quick. Okay. So Milk was at the Women's March this weekend in New York, and she was going to be on the stage uh, singing. You know, that was already planned. Well, right before she went up, Yoko Ono stopped her. Mm. And said, "Could I come up on stage with you?" And, I mean, can you imagine? Right. It's Yoko Ono. Yeah. And you know, of course, Milk was you know didn't even know what to do with herself. You know, got up on stage, had her up there saying, "I, you know, I can't keep quiet," mm-hmm. which is her song that she sang at the march last year. Again, it's become the anthem, you know. And then afterwards, you know, Yoko grabbed her hand and said, "You are beautiful," and you are teaching peace and peace is the way and again you have to remember what yoko ono and john lennon did so many years ago yeah they were doing what, what we're i think do, what we're what trying, we're trying to, do. to do right now right and so for you know so milk made a comment about you know i'm so proud to continue a legacy of someone i respect so much and then also to be a role model to you know, girls and women. Who and are we're
0: proud up. to have her. At, I, can't, I still can't, I can't believe, believe
1: she's coming.
0: Right. So this is a quick clip from her video, which is actually extremely powerful for any moms or dads that want to look at a powerful video. It's called Quiet. Just YouTube it. We'll put it in the show notes, but it's pretty, pretty awesome. I can't keep quiet. What's interesting is I've only seen the one where the water is filling up. Yeah. She has another one where there's like a story and it's a girl who's oh, getting... Oh yeah, it's new. Mm-hmm. Oh, is this new? Yeah, it's
1: new. Well, new from about three months ago.
0: Um, I'll put it in the show notes. Watch the video. It's amazing. So.
1: To be honest, if you went on YouTube and put, I can't keep quiet, Mm -hmm. there have been so many videos made. There have been like schools who have sang it. There's been girl choirs who have sang it. Like this is beyond just a song. It's an anthem of a time. And she is, um, she not only is Milk going to sing for us, which I've seen her live and it's incredibly moving. She's going to tell us her story. Yeah. So she, again, I don't know if I've said this enough, but- If you have a teen, will you bring your teen, please, to this conference? Yeah. We have a ticket option that makes it only $25 for your teen. So it's adult plus teen. And bring them. This is If you want to demonstrate something or teach something to them, or actually you would just be bringing them into the room where they could learn it, but Mm -hmm. if you want to be a vehicle for that learning, make this a date with them make this conference an opportunity for you to be together.
0: Well, and some people might be like, "Oh, well, it's um, you know, it's too much of a time commitment for my team." You know, bring he or she to whatever parts they can make. It's $25. Yeah.
1: And I this is what I know. Last year we had teens come, they didn't want to leave. Right. They were we have like not only do you have all these speakers, but we have all these like vendors and they're selling jewelry and there's yoga and there's oils and there's, it's like, it's like a haven Mm -hmm. for an anxious teen or just, you know, all teens have their own anxiety. We all do. But first, you know, they walk into a place that's so warm and welcoming and, you know, surrounded by people who have their best interests at heart and with signs everywhere saying, you know, you're brave and we love you. And I just, I just think that, there's not a lot of opportunities. We, we kind of split things in half in our world where here's stuff for adults, here's stuff for teens. And Todd and I really wanted to make this an opportunity to have different generations in the room. Sweetie, did you say it was a haven? I think it's a haven. Hey! Hey! Hey. hey.
0: What a beautiful place. What a great night.
1: I have to tell you,
0: being here with all of you in event room C... <laughs> I feel so lucky to think of all the good times that have happened here. The birthdays,
1: the proms, the mitzvahs, both bar and bot. But none of it will compare with tonight. My God, I don't want to forget this moment. It's
0: like I want to take a mental picture of you all. Click. Doesn't he say it's a haven soon?
1: Well, he he says it in a different
0: place. Oh, he does. Place, but... For the, Nobody knows what we're talking well, about. Well,
1: my whole family knows that's my absolute favorite Friends episode. Alec Baldwin, he's um, his name's Parker, and he's Phoebe's date for uh, Ross and um, Monica's parents' anniversary party, which nobody's excited to go to, but right. they're like, you know, and he is just way too
0: enthusiastic. enthusiastic. Yes, he's an enthusiastic young uh, middle-aged man in that.
1: Well, and it's funny to see him, because he's got so many funny lines in that, but I've heard interviews with him after he did that and how nervous he was to do that. I, that was way before 30 Rock. Right. And so, like, he had never done that kind of, you know, he'd done Saturday Night Live, but that kind of sitcom thing.
0: Do you want to hear one more clip from Please, it? Please, yeah. Alec Baldwin from Friends.
1: Parker. Parker. This? No, 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 wait, don't tell me. Let me guess. Joey, Monica, Ross, Rachel, and I'm sorry, Phoebe didn't mention you. <laughs> Chandler, I'm kidding already. You're my favorite. (laughs) Why don't each of you tell me a little bit about yourselves? Uh, Actually, I'm sorry. We we probably should get going. (laughs) Classic Ross. (laughs) He had just met him like two seconds ago.
0: (laughs) Sorry, that's good. All right, so the other uh, thing I want to promote is I'm having a mentor retreat March 16th through the 18th. Guys, if you're out there and you want to unplug, unwind, and recharge... Uh, go to tribemensgroup.com or shoot me an email at toddadams23 at gmail.com. I got people coming from the local area and also people from different parts of the country. So just because you don't live in Chicago doesn't mean you can't come. So check it out. Sweetie. Yeah. How's your last few weeks been? Oh, <laughs> here's my quick, uh, my quick uh, video thing regarding oh, it. Why am I playing this song?
1: Because you're wondering if I'm out of the woods.
0: This is T Swizzle.
1: Play a little bit. I love this song. We were lying on your couch. I remember you took the Polaroid device.
0: Then discover a lot of wolves in this video.
1: I know it's very wolfy, but get to the um, chorus, because that's great. We were in screaming colour and I the Are we in the clear, sweetie? Wow. Here's I took a walk this morning and I've come up with a word that's helpful to my psyche. I am rehabbing.
0: Okay, that's not bad. How's that? All right.
1: Because it would be untruthful, non-truthful to say, I'm back, because that's not true.
0: You would love to be able to say that. I
1: would love to be able to say that. Um,
0: So for those who didn't listen to the podcast last week, what did we miss?
1: uh, So basically what happened in a nutshell is that on January 3rd, I woke up um, with... Uh, the flu. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, I thought you were just feeling I was, a little bad.
1: I The story that I my, my girlfriend Jessica came over yesterday, that was like the first other human I've seen in like, you know, I feel like a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was telling her the story. We have kind of a funny story from when we were um, in college our freshman year one of the, we had in our sorority, we had this night where everybody went out and had drinks and everything. Wasn't that every night? <laughs> no, but it was kind of, it was like part of our sorority activation, whatever. And one of the, the girls in my uh, pledge class, she had never had any alcohol before. So she had drank and then the next morning she was hung over, mm. but she didn't know what that was. Right. So she woke up and she was doing jumping jacks and she was trying to, she would come in our room and go, I don't know what's happening with my body. I'm gonna go for a run, I think, or I don't know what's happening. I think like she didn't know what a hangover felt like.
0: Right, you guys were pros by that time. Well,
1: I mean, I don't know if that's a pretty strong word, but I knew if I had had too much to drink, yes, you would feel this way. Okay, that's a little bit like what this flu was like for me is because I haven't been sick in this way or sick at all for too too many years to count, I didn't know what was happening. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, I think I explained that last week. I won't get into so much detail, but basically what ended up happening is once it really hit, I, I was, uh, to me, beyond sicker than I've ever been in my life. So I don't have a lot of memories of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a few times Todd or JC would come in and tell me what day it was. Mm-hmm. Or say it's nighttime, mm-hmm. or it's daytime.
0: Because it's kind of hard. Because it go. It, it, this is, we're recording in January, and it gets dark at like four thirty in the yeah. afternoon here in Chicago.
1: So I didn't really have any. I didn't have any order. Yeah. I didn't. It's like I. My dad used to be in the hospital a lot, and he would tell me, "You get confused about day and night." Like he said, part of what's horrible about being in the hospital is you don't have any time your, your frame, body clock. Body clock, yeah. right? So. Um, so I was just very sick for a long time. And, um, and then what 19 happen-
0: days, this is day 19 or 20 now.
1: So then after the sickness, the, the fever was gone and, and I was just more in recovery, then I had a lot of um, anxiety mm. and I had a lot of what I would call uh, post-trauma mm-hmm. where I didn't have any sense of day or night mm-hmm. um, and I was afraid because... I had I'm gonna mean, use the word suffered, been so sick that I was afraid I would feel that way again and not have any recourse. And I I also wasn't well yet. I was still fatigued. Completely I, fatigued. I wasn't eating and no energy.
0: So it's kind of like So like the flu symptoms in that you didn't have a fever anymore right. and you weren't achy were gone. But it, was, it took all of your energy to walk across the street.
1: With, that was very difficult. Yeah. Um, and, or just to like to like I remember one time I walked downstairs and I forgot my water. And I literally was like, OK.
0: How am I going to do how, this? W-
1: how will I go get that water? And, and you know, it's a it's a very what's the word? Um, humility, um, humbling. Humbling. Yeah, I think that's what you're going for. Uh, and also recognition of what's my sense of normalcy was thrown off. So here's what I'm saying right now. I am, today, just to give you a difference of today Uh versus a week ago, I just walked downtown and back, which is...
0: Uh, Two miles.
1: Yeah, which is, but so significant. Yeah, right, Okay.
0: compared to across the street, two miles is quite a bit longer than across the street.
1: Our big milestone last week was I touched a tree across the street. Yeah. So with that said though, I, there's still many things that I'm working on. Um, and my, my, my body clock is still not right. And there, I still have anxiety feelings about how sick I was. It's scary to me. Mm-hmm. Like I still feel fear about it. And, uh, and I know that we'll get through this part two. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like, it's so relative because here I, you know, a week and a half ago, I would have given anything to, to sit feel, up and up in a chair, yeah, sit right? sit up and feel the way you feel. So in in no way am I saying... Well, let me say it the other way. I have deep gratitude mm. for how I feel right now. Um, but I, I my butt is I just... I want to be very honest. I said to Todd yesterday in my very raw state. I've been very raw, haven't I, Todd? Yep. Um, I just want to... Uh, one thing that really burned away in all this is I just... I just don't want to hide anything, like, you know.
0: So to that end, uh, you were doing a lot of the things, you had anxious feelings, you were doing a lot of the things that were, we have so many tools in our toolbox. We like have been doing 400 and some odd podcasts where we talk about fear and anxiety and all that. And
1: mindfulness. Mindfulness.
0: And and you teach it and you're good at it and you have integrated it. And you were in a place where you were doing these things. You're taking baths, you're drinking hot tea, you're meditating, you're doing gratitude stuff. And what you said to me at one point is I'm so much lower than that. I can't I, I can do those, yeah. but I can't reach up and right. and have those things be helpful.
1: I had not because of being as sick as I was for so long, because of no sleep, um, because of literally no, like I had no, you know how I always talk about we have to be a ladder for other people? I had no ladder for myself. Like I didn't know how to climb. So I had to ask for a lot of help. I mean, you know, here's the thing. This is why I'm saying I'm rehabbing is because, you know, I'm going to my chiropractor a couple of times a week. I have a doctor's appointment on Tuesday with a new doctor integrative medicine to kind of get some things working correctly again. Um, I have my therapist I have, I mean, I'm, I need help. You know, I still need support. Right. And, um, I. And you
0: always need support. Always. You need extra support now because you're still coming out of this.
1: Correct. What I would say, you're right. Like all these people I'm talking about, they've always been in my life. They're not new, but right now I'm not just going in for maintenance. Mm. I'm going in saying, hold Mm. my hand. Yeah. I'm going in saying, um, you know, uh, you know, this is, I was so low and so sick. And, and let me tell you guys something else because I I definitely had the flu and maybe had that bad strain that people are dying from possibly I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, there's no way to know these things, but so let me tell you that physically I did have the flu, but I also want to say that I think there was emotional and spiritual components to this illness for me. I think that 2017 had a lot of joy but a lot of grief for me. Um and I think that I handled it the way I could when I was doing it, when it was happening. But it's not shocking to me that my body would break down Mm -hmm. the way it did and that I would feel all these feelings of anxiety and that I would feel all this emotion. It's not shocking to me. Right. Like, because I really do believe, you know, like, I want to make sure you guys understand. I know I I was sick with a Jeremy thing. Yeah. But I also think sometimes our body does that because it needs to get rid of a lot of other things. I mean, we all have different layers of energy in our body and physical is that last layer.
0: Well, and here's what I struggle with because I was, you know, one thing that we always say to each other is trust your body. Like even I've taught men's groups where we talk about our feelings and we always talk about our feelings as if it, as if it's in our brain, but feelings are actually come from our from body. Our, bodies, yes. our body comes first. You know, so like if you're anxious, you kind of feel tense in your shoulders and all these different things. And what I wanted to say to you during your illness is, you know, trust your body. Your body has intelligence, but your body was not cooperating and in a certain sense, like you didn't have like I would always be like you know whenever any of me or Kathy or anybody I know is struggling, I'm like we'll just go back to the breath, right? Like just breathe, and
1: I couldn't breathe, and
0: you couldn't. You had these shallow, because of my sickness. awful breathing yeah. patterns. So you didn't even have that. So I couldn't even say that. Right. So like I was like running out of things to say to you. But um, but the body intelligence, like m- maybe now that you're getting close to being out of the woods, right. maybe we can look and say your body did in fact know exactly Correct. what it was doing. But I couldn't say that to you a week ago no. because it wasn't cooperating. It wasn't letting you sleep. It wasn't letting you breathe.
1: Well, my body was expelling. Yeah. And it, for any of you who have had your own version of illness or your own version of panic attack or anxiety, or emotional, um, or depression. When your body is expelling, it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. It you you don't you you're not like oh so happy. My body is doing this. In hindsight, you can look back and be like, I'm very glad my body was able to get rid of that. And yeah. and th- there was two people. Um, my <laughs> the random. Well, she wasn't random, but the CVS doctor mm-hmm. that I went to see that day, she said to me, because um, she you know, did all my vitals and she's like, you have a virus, there's nothing we can do. And she said, but you are very healthy going into this, mm-hmm. so you can do this. Did that help? Yes, mm-hmm. because there are some people who have all sorts of pre-existing conditions- yeah who going into a flu, I don't know how, mm-hmm. because your body has to focus on that. The reason that you, you're not hungry and the reason that, you know, there's reason is because your body can't eat. Yeah. It doesn't have time and energy to digest that food. Yeah, So it's like...
0: Yeah, it's focusing, it's focusing all its attention on, on this thing.
1: This thing. So that's why you're not hungry. It's like, you know, people say feed a cold, starve a fever. Like when you have a fever... It needs to do that. Mm -hmm. So she's like, you're going in healthy. And that was really helpful to me because, you know, here I am like 101 fever and I'm sick, but she's like, but your body can do it. Mm. And that was only like day three. Like I didn't even know what the hell was coming. Um, And then my chiropractor said to me, Dr. Kelly, she's our, you know, one of our uh, partners partners who, and she's, Mm -hmm. she knows me very well and knows my body very well. And she said the same thing to me. She said, you know, I think I went in like a day I was still pretty sick, but I could at least walk. And she said, Kathy, your body's doing a really good job. And you know, it's you're thinking and to it, your, didn't feel it, like it didn't it. feel like it. But you thought
0: your body was betraying you.
1: Right. Which, you know, I had I felt that way and I had every right to feel that way. Like I I said some pretty horrible things and I was left with my and I still am in this place. I just took a walk and it was just me. I didn't listen to anything. I didn't, you mm. know, i'm I've been with myself for alone in my head for you know a long time, yeah,
0: probably longer than you ever have ever
1: been. been, and that's hard and good and challenging and healthy and all of the above so I think that's just where I'll leave it today, so I'm rehabbing i am I am you guys can hear i'm I'm so much better mm-hmm. um but I'm, you know, got to get, i I'm Kathy's got to get a groove back.
0: Well, and I was going to, I, I want to talk about our first partner, but I was going to ask you if it's too early to talk about, you know, some of the things that you did, coping strategies, and then even is it too early to pr- pull out any lessons from this? So
1: uh, yes, because I'm, I'm not ready to do lessons like, like, oh, first of all, I don't even know if they would apply to anybody else but me. Right. Um, but I think the the thing that I did share that is the, you know, probably most important thing I know now, is this was an illness, yes, but there was more to it than what meets the eye. Yeah, Because, you know, your average bird doesn't get the flu for 18 days or whatever. Right, Like that's so... Yeah. There was something... And you kept comparing yourself to, to other everybody. people's stories. Yeah. Well, because I kept getting lovely texts from people saying, yeah, I had that for three days. It was miserable. I'm like, no, no, no. That's not what's happening. We are not in this it didn't make me feel better to hear that. It made yeah. me feel
0: worse. Well, if you think about it, it's really um, people are trying to do it as a vehicle of connection to you, Yes, but it's really um, can be interpreted as really poor bedside manner because they don't know that you're still sick as a dog. Right. It's kind of like going to the hospital be being like, yeah, that must really hurt. Like, you right. know, that's, it, you it don't doesn't know. Right.
1: And, and here's the thing is nobody knows, you know, like there, it's not as if someone could have texted me something and I would have been like, now I'm okay. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I will say about Todd though, is I remember, I don't know, we were about seven or eight days in, I think I still had a fever. And I said to Todd, Todd you cuz he I mean Todd was so I mean I don't even know what word to use. Awesome. Help, helpful is not the right word. It he was like an angel, literally like an angel. And I said you have said all the right things. Hmm. For do you remember when I said that? For like 9 days there's not a thing you have said to me. Oh yeah. That has then, annoyed me.
0: And then I jokingly said, "Well, there's a first time for anything, right. for everything." Right.
1: Right. Like you you didn't say anything that made me feel shameful that made me feel like I was doing anything wrong. You had good ideas, not push ideas, but just like you would say, hey, let's, you In- know.
0: Invitations. Yeah,
1: invitations. And I didn't always take them. Right. Like you wanted me to be downstairs a lot and I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. Um, but you, I mean, Todd was literally like a, from another world. Thanks, sweetie. You're a beautiful human, oh, Todd Adams.
0: Sweetie. Um, I want to talk about our first partner, Sweetie. Do you know what a Kind Bar is? Yeah, they're good. They are good. They're um, you know you can find them at the grocery store, coffee shop, or gym. You see them everywhere. Uh, they Kind Bar. They make delicious, healthy snacks using whole ingredients you can recognize and pronounce. So if you're ready to try some yummy snacks, which I love, I love the blueberry one the best, but they got a whole bunch of them. Uh, Zen Parenting's got a special deal for you. You can try ten Kind Bars for free. That's right, sh- free. All you gotta do is pay shipping. Uh, and when you order the sample box, you also get to try Kind's Snack Club. Well, You will receive monthly snacks at a discount and get members-only bonuses. So don't choose between health and taste. This has them both. Um, to pick up your free sample box, go to kindsnacks.com zen. Unless you put the zen at the end, it's, you're going to have to pay for the 10-pack. So kindsnacks.com zen. And we really appreciate uh, Kind Snacks and Kind Bar supporting this part of the show. Thank you. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I have some questions. you want me to jump in? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's about how babies are made.
1: I I know how they're made. You do? I've had some.
0: Oh, you have? Um, This is, I think it might come from a Team Zen person, but I'm not sure. I have three daughters, two, four, and six.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, My eldest is very interested in how babies are made. She really wants to know exactly how the seed gets to the egg. And I'm a scientist and I like to give detailed, honest answers to her nature questions. But right now I'm cringing, trying to figure out how much to share with her. I asked her what she thought, and she was embarrassed but admitted she thinks it's by kissing. Okay. Do you have any resources that might help me, and do you have any thoughts?
1: Yeah. I mean, in this situation, I would definitely go to the books. I would go to those, you know, and I because I didn't know this was the question, I don't have the books in front of me. They're they're in the drawer next to our bed. Yeah,
0: because and they can go they can go to Amazon and click on ratings. Do we have any of them on our website? No, I don't think we do.
1: Well, we used to when we used to have that. The um, old school. Yeah, so people are going to be annoyed at me because I'm not going to give them the titles of these books. But like Todd said, if you go to Amazon...
0: And we can put them in the show notes too.
1: Okay, let's do that because there are books that are made for children, like three to eight, mm-hmm. that really do a nice job with pictures. And because probably the most important thing in that is that you do want to clear up for her that it's not through kissing. Mm -hmm. You know, I think part of when kids ask questions, not only are we giving them answers, but we're clearing up their misconceptions. Because if we do not, if we say something like, yeah, yeah, that's it, that is...
0: All of a sudden you're giving them false, uh, half-truths. Correct.
1: And, And they will integrate that or... Then look at kissing a different way, or then be afraid if mm. you know. Imagine if somebody, like a an uncle or somebody, yeah, all kissed of a them by I'm ex- gonna get pregnant, right, right. Then they then they think they're gonna have a baby. Like you don't want to. Um, and when I say uncle, I mean appropriately. Yeah, right. I, I'm not saying something scary right. or negative, but do you know what I mean? Like of someone kisses you on the cheek, and yeah. then all of a sudden, that's you know. So you don't want to create any fear. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just you know, like she said, even as a, as a scientist, it's actually. I think that benefits you because you can speak of it in certain terms that are like, you know, um, this is what happens and you know. The
0: one thing I remember is that, um, answer the question that they're asking. Correct,
1: and then that's it.
0: And that's it because as parents we're like, okay, here we go, here's the big long talk. Yeah. And I think that it's better in bite-sized pieces. Me too. Because people are like, all right, well, I got to give you everything. I got to give you mechanics. I got to give, give you context. I got to give you this. And just keep it simple. And if they continue to ask more questions, then you answer them. You know what I mean?
1: <coughs> I'm going to cough.
0: You said you weren't going to cough. <coughs>
1: that's yeah. it. that's
0: that, it. That's it. That's
1: um, it. Well, and, you know, books are just a great way, you know, and as they grow up, like our youngest daughter got the American Girl books this year for, for Christmas. Um, and why I say the American Girl books, a lot of you know what those are. If you don't, again, just go to Amazon. They're, you know, about your body and about understanding how your body works. And a lot of things my youngest daughter already knows because she has two older sisters. But one night she, she was excited to read it. You know, it, it doesn't just talk about your body. It talks about feelings and friends. And she came in and laid next to me and was reading it. And you know, would ask me questions as she was reading it. And I really had, I was reading my own book. So I would answer her question and I'd be like, now, do you know what this is or what that word means? And she would be like, well, I think so. And I'm like, here's what it means and blah, blah, blah. And then I would stop, go back to my book. And then she would read more. And then the thing is, is I think a lot of times, as we say on this show, regardless of how old your kid is, it's a lot about the energy we're bringing to the conversation. And if we're really anxious about our answer or we're really like over-anxious about that we need to explain everything all at once, that's when they're like, la-la-la-la-la-la, you know, put their hand over their ears. If we can be as calm and normal and not so, I'm going to tell you everything now, Mm. we're having the talk, rather than just incorporating little bits at a time. Um... And it's never too late. I mean, this can be with your 13-year-old, your 14-year-old, you know. We've talked a lot about, um, I mean, I hope you've talked to them before that time. Mm. But, you know, we've talked a lot about when things are on the news or when there's a show. And, you know, you you talk. Use, use what's that. in front of you yeah. as a vehicle for discussion. You know, what do you think about that person saying that? What do you think about that relationship? Like, you know, we've even, one of my daughters and I have had talks about things that have happened on Gilmore Girls you know, and how she's been frustrated because this person did this and that's not how you treat people. And they had this relationship and, you know, that leads to conversation about sexuality and choices. And so use what's available to you. So I I, I think I would just say to her, get the book, get get some early kid books. Don't let have- me
0: forget to put them in the show notes. Yeah. Um, so I um, you want to hear, hear some good news, sweeter? Sure. Uh, one of our sponsors actually is a Good Newspaper. It's goodnewspaper.co. And um, it's a guy named Brandon who I found. And he does physical newspapers and he also does an email newsletter. So these are two quick items from his newsletter. Bill and Melinda Gates are paying off Nigeria, Nigeria's $76 million debt to Japan. Oh, my gosh. 76 mil.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Nigeria's debt to Japan is a result of overseas development assistance provided by the Japanese government in 2014 for increased polio eradication efforts. Countries made great strides in its efforts to eliminate the disease thanks to this funding. Nigeria did not record a wild, a wild case of polio from 2014 to 16 when two cases were reported. Anyways, pretty awesome. Thanks, Bill and Melinda Gates. Love and, these people. And the other one is South Korea has been calling North Korea every day at 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. for two years, never getting an answer. I don't know how they do that, but they call them every day saying, let's talk.
1: But they have talked.
0: At 3.30 on Wednesday, this is a little bit old, the North called the South for the first time since February of 2016. Yeah. I re- and South Korea answered. Since then, the two have exchanged at least three more calls and they actually got together face-to-face, I think, talking about yep. the Olympics. Yep. So anyways, there's good news out there, everybody. So if you're interested... Um, You know, um, The Good Newspaper is not a paid partner of ours. They're just somebody who we love. But uh, Brandon did give us a coupon code for 15% off. So if you're interested in doing that, uh, put in Zen, you get 15% off.
1: So what's the website so people know?
0: Goodnewspaper.co.
1: .co, not com, but co.
0: Correct. So anyways, that's my Good Newspaper story. Um, And then a quick bullet point on um, one of the Team Zens that we previously... We have a whole bunch of new Zen friends that I want to announce. Patricia... Harold Lampoudis, uh-huh. uh, Jennifer Rocco. Actually, she's not new. No. Oh, these are Zen Friends. Yeah, these those are,
1: are, I was going to say, I know these
0: people. These are not team... So Zen Friend is... So we're having this conference and uh, not everybody can afford to go. So people who have a little bit of abundance give to this fund so we can give back to people to show up. So these are the five new Zen Friends. Uh, Patricia, Harold Lampoudis, Jennifer Rocco, Abigail Budzinski, I think I said it, Amanda Hughes, and Lindsay Garfield. So Thanks very much to all those amazing
1: thank you Zen friends. You guys I I just want you to know how wonderful it is to have the Zen friend option because I do get so many emails from people saying I want to come but there's no way I can afford it or there's no way I can fly in, get a hotel and afford it or you know there's just and, and these people are people who listen to the show or a lot of them are single moms and to be able to say to them, "Hey, Either here's a free ticket or, you know, a lot of times we say, how much can you pay? And we say, all yeah, right, right, there you go. And so all of you, thank you so much.
0: Um, So, and we do have some new Team Zen members. Okay. That I don't want to say Christine Toth, Christine Gibson, Aaron and Flood and Kim Gardner. Those are all new Team Zen people. And we're actually going to do a Team Zen this afternoon.
1: Yeah, I was not capable of doing a Team Zen talk.
0: We haven't done one since December.
1: I know. And we usually do them uh, twice a month and we spread them out. So we see people during the month, but today I'm going to, I can't wait. I, I can't wait to see everybody. I
0: know. Um, and then this is a quote that uh, Kimberly from Team Zen shared with me and I thought it was worth sharing. All right. It's from the Dalai Lama. Mm-hmm. You know the Lama, don't you? I like the Lama. You've actually seen the Lama.
1: I did, I got to see him in person.
0: At Loyola University. I did. Was he wearing his visor?
1: Of course. What's with he the visor? He wears the visor because all the lights above him, ah. it's too, and he has his glasses, so it's a reflection. It's, he's doing, I mean, it's a hilarious visor because it's totally like off kilter and yeah. he doesn't care how it looks, but it, there's too many lights on him. Wait a second, him.
0: the llama doesn't care how his visor looks? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not the way I like my visor. I like it this way. <laughs> he's
1: such a funny person.
0: This is his quote, I think. Man sacrifices his health in order to make money. Then he sacrifices money to recuperate his health. And then he is so anxious about the future that he does not enjoy the present. The result being that he does not live in the present or the future. He lives as if he's never going to die and then dies having never really lived.
1: Mm, that means so much to me That's on a, a day wallop. like today. I, anytime I hear the word health, I mean, you guys, there's nothing without it. Yeah. Like... I and my point is is that there are things I have gotten so many emails in the last couple of weeks, many of them I've have gone unanswered just because I have been haven't been able to, but of people saying, Can you come do this? Can you show up for this? Can you show can you do this? Can you speak at this? Todd, I have said no to everything. Did you know that? I did. And I knew that probably by the time these things came, I would be well, even though I couldn't fathom it. Yeah. I was so sick. I this I'm a bear for this winter. I'm hibernating, dude. It's about if it's wellness first, if you don't have that, if your whole life is one constant ball of like getting sick or getting well, or, you know, um, trying to just tread water or stay above water, then that, that quote is everything. Meaning what are we doing? Mm -hmm. I think he's just trying to say, what are you doing?
0: Yeah. Well, and it's funny, obviously your health is by far probably the most important thing that we have, but there are still some some teachers out there that have shown us, can you be okay and not okay at the same time? For instance, Maddie J. Correct. Right? Right. And these are like... Highest human potential people I'm referring to, because he suffered, you know, every single day of his life. Well,
1: and let me explain. When I'm saying health is the only way, there are people born. He's he was born with a form of muscular dystrophy, or you know, one of my best friends, her daughter was born with spina bifida, or you know, there are people born with chronic illnesses. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying they don't have. They can function. Yes, and they have support and ways to live in a way where they can comfortably live and, mm-hmm. and oftentimes live very, very well, even with these chronic issues. And there are people who have chronic pain who, when getting support, can learn to live. But that's I'm including all of them in yeah. what I'm saying about health. Is It's not about being in tip-top shape all the time and having perfect health. Yeah. It's about making sure you can live in such a way where you can function yeah. regardless of what you what you were born with what your issues are that that comes first yeah. and that when your functioning suffers it's very difficult to be anything to anybody else mm-hmm. and that is something that i you know as far because you brought up Maddie j or i'm thinking of you know a lot of people in my life you know i thought so much about my father while i was sick in bed because my dad was sick so much that I thought about if he felt the way I feel now, I mean I had a lot of grief mm-hmm. while I was sick,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, and there are people who, you know, have it so much worse right. than someone like me or someone like you know like that their, their experience of life. Where they find their joy is from much different places. And
0: they are our teachers. Maddie J is a teacher. I was going to, you and I actually taught your class at Dominican together and the stupid technology didn't work, but I was going to play that TED talk. And for those of you guys who want to, you know, continue to deepen your understanding and human potential, there's a TED talk of a boy named Sam Burns and he um, was stricken with this very kind of weird disorder, and he actually passed away, I think, about through- What was...
1: Well, I don't know this. What was he... What did he have?
0: Um, he looked... He, sadly, um, he looked like an old man. Oh, yes, yes, Do you yes. you know who mm-hmm. I'm talking yeah. about? I actually have a... I don't know if this is a good part to pull up, but I'm just going to give you just a quick glimpse of it. Kids today, worldwide, so it's pretty rare, and effects of progeria include... Tight skin, lack of weight gain, uh, stinted growth, and heart disease. Last year, my mom and her team of scientists published the first successful progeria treatment study. And- so that's a little clip, um, but he—he, he, it's just a, a very abnormal condition. Yes, and he looks like an old man. Yes, and he's a 17-year-old kid, and it's the name of the TED Talk is my philosophy for a happy life.
1: Yes. You know
0: what I mean? I do
1: I do. Like that
0: And I think there's something to be and, and I, I always bring up Gleason, who's this New Orleans Saints football player who is stricken with ALS, still alive, and he has somehow found a way to be happy even though he really can't talk, he can't eat, he can't walk, he can't move any of his muscles. And I, whenever I'm feeling like I'm having a crappy day, I I think about these people and if they can have happy days in their condition, my goodness, so can I.
1: Well, and that's it. I mean, and that, that's exactly what I mean about, you know, we, all of us are given a certain situation, right? Mm -hmm. Many of us are born with nothing comparable to what this boy is, is dealing with, but And within the situation we have, we have to find what health means to us. I don't any like, you know, talking about the honesty thing, some of the things that burned away for me, and I'll still, I'm sure, deal with this and it'll come back up because nothing's gone forever. But, you know, I, I don't, there, there is no perfection. There is no, it's okay to ask for help. It's when you're, when you're down you're still worthy. When something happens, you don't have to be ashamed. When you're now I know you guys are probably thinking, "Well, Kathy, you've been saying this for 7 years." And I've always believed it and I've had enough experiences in my life to live it. I've had you know, depression and miscarriages and gone through some pretty significant sicknesses in my life where I've known it, but then I had to just live it again. And it just reinforces that you know, we all have to find we do the best with what we can, yep. and when we can't do well, we ask for help, and we accept it, and th- we let go of. You know, I told Todd this morning even that things that I was afraid of even three weeks ago, you know, or before I got sick, they. It's almost like I can't even remember why I was afraid of them.
0: Well, to give you an example, yeah, I give was me one. on my. Um... 13-year-old's case because she was on technology a lot on Saturday and you said something to the effect of Todd you have no idea
1: how much I don't care about that. How much
0: I don't care about
1: that. Like I was so unconcerned like here you know and again and I didn't make you feel bad about it but you were trying to like you know do the parent to parent thing like Kathy what are we going to do you Mm. know She's home and she's been on technology, and you're telling me this whole story. And I, I turn to you, kind of like the Wayne Dyer thing. Like yeah. you have no idea how much I don't care about what you're telling me. This is not a big deal. Yeah. Here we have this healthy, very kind, active, smart girl mm-hmm. watching Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. Big FD. Yeah. And I, I'm not afraid of it. It yeah. doesn't scare me.
0: Well, and you say the Wayne thing, and I'll tell that story real quick. Wayne wrote a book based on the Tao Te Ching. Yeah. And there's 81 principles in that book, I yeah. think. And he decided to live every one of them for three days. And he was on the 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 teaching where um, you are just, you know, you basically don't, you're carefree about Anything and everything. And one of his grandchildren were coming up and saying something like, Oh, Johnny took my toy at the pool or something yeah. like that. And he was honestly like being authentic when he says like, listen, whatever his name was, the grandson, try and picture how little I care. I care about what it is that you're saying. <laughs> and like that's the paradox. Like, does that mean that we could just talk, tell our kids that we don't care about anything? Of course not. This is the this is the contradiction. This is the paradox that we live is you need to care and not care all at the same time.
1: Well, I think that you can care without being afraid. And I think just like the energy we were talking about someone brings to a sex talk is oftentimes the energy. And I think you would say this. I'm not trying to in any way like... Um, you know, make you feel bad about this, but you bring such an energy to technology of of concern and fear yeah. that it doesn't mean that we don't say, hey, okay, you've watched three episodes of Grays. Like yesterday, I went into her room and said, you've got to clean your room, dude. Mm. And I said, watch Grays while you clean your room, but you've got to clean your room. But there, I didn't, I there's no fear
0: around it. Well, and I try to do that, but our daughters are intuitive enough that underneath my, I try to be like, silly and funny when I say, okay, technology and all that, they know right? they can feel it. And you know, we talked about a sex talk. I mean, my mom passed away a few years ago, but when she gave my brother and I a sex talk, she was so uncomfortable. She used the crutch of alcohol to
1: start the conversation.
0: conversation.
1: Not with you guys. She used it.
0: Right. Yeah. (laughs) She, she drank a few glasses of wine Uh just so she can warm up to this, what she was uncomfortable talking to us about. And I carry that message with me. Like there's something about this that is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And if she would have done it a little bit more relaxed and authentic, then I may have had a different interpretation of what the sex talk was of all course, about. Of
1: course, because again, you guys, the thing about talking to people about things, it's not, you know, when Todd and I give a talk, people say, tell me how to say this. How do I say this to my kid? How do I do this? It's not your words. Yeah. It's your energy. And if, and and you're never going to get it perfect like I want to say to you, because I'm really trying to use all these things that I've, I know that I've learned, you're not going to do it perfectly and you don't need to shame yourself if you haven't released all of your tension about sex. How can you? You know, there's so much tension around it. But even being honest about that with your kid mm-hmm. and saying, yeah. you know what? This is a tension-filled conversation, isn't it? Yeah. But you know what? It's too important to not have. Mm-hmm. So you and I are going to sit in this tension and and know it's there, but we're going to have the talk anyway. You know what
0: this makes me think of? What? Letterman just interviewed Obama. Oh,
1: so good. And there's
0: a part in it where Barack's mom was really kind of... She, I think she schooled him before he went to school
1: in the morning. In yeah. the morning, uh-huh. she they they had moved to um, they had moved to a different country, uh, to Thailand. I don't know. They had moved somewhere else because she had married somebody who lived somewhere else, and so she was worried about the school system because it wasn't quite as good as the states. Right. So she would wake him up in the morning and homeschool him, and then send him to school.
0: And he was complaining because he was whatever thirteen or ten. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you know. This really sucks, mom. I don't like going. I don't like being at school before going to school and all that. And she said something like, It's no picnic in the park for me either. Right.
1: Like, I don't want to get up and teach you in the morning either. Right.
0: So, I mean, Barack's mom could have said, You know, no, this is important. We learned. Like, she was real with him. That's right. Like, hey, man, I'm not happy about doing this anyways, but I'm willing to put my happiness aside for a second to make sure that you get the information that you need to succeed in life.
1: And then in that, Because I feel when we use those words that then somehow we're pointing fingers or blaming like, well, I'm the one who's having the harder time. No, I'm the one. Why can't you both be having a harder time and not blame each other? And then maybe we could teach that to Congress. Yes. What if Congress didn't need to blame each other and actually had conversations that said, okay, let me listen to you and then let me give you this and let me make sure I get this. I believe that potentially third graders could do a better job.
0: Well, and I want to talk about that here in a second but i want to talk about our second partner but then i'm going to tell a story about keeping score okay because that's what it's about so our second partner is health iq who are these guys they're an insurance company a life insurance company and they help they help health conscious people like the people who listen to this podcast runners cyclists yogis vegans vegetarians get lower light lower rates on life insurance i'm actually i just applied for insurance with them and the premium has gone down 30%. I got the results from the nurse that came in and did the blood work and all that. So I am actually practicing it. I am actually using Health IQ. So I am a big fan of these. And I think if you are a health conscious person, it's at least worth considering giving them a call. So this is what you need to do. Go to healthiq.com slash zen. And uh, to see if you qualify, Uh, Mention the promo code and uh, for folks who are at all interested in our partners and want to support Kathy, do us a favor and check them out because it'll save you some money and it's kind of what it does. So anyways, keeping score, relationships, Uh, Congress. Sometimes I coach guys and they'll be like, yeah, but my wife did this last week. And I did that, and I've done more than she has. And I said, "Dude, the minute you're keeping score about anything, mm-hmm. you're going to lose the game." Oh yeah. And the whole idea is, you know, this I've mentioned this Tony Robbins thing is, you got to um, the person that you're connecting to, whether it's your wife or your kids or your partner in Congress, whatever it is. Um, your needs are their needs. Kathy's needs were my needs in the last 21 days. So I put myself aside because it fills me up to do what it is that you need to do. And if you get both partners practicing something like that, then that's when good things happen. Mm -hmm. The way you and I have always had this wonderful marriage is because one, we take care of ourselves. And two, we don't keep score. Mm -mm. And there's so many relations that, you know, sometimes my daughter, like, you know, we played a game last night, board game. And I'm always like, okay, guys, clean it up. And one of them will always say, but dad, you play the game too. Right. I said, if we are going to start keeping score on who does what for whom, we're not going to get anywhere.
1: Well, we do that even beyond the game. Like someone will, I'll say, hey, can you carry the basket of clothes upstairs? And then she'll say, well, they're not mine. I didn't fold them. And I'm like, that's not what I'm asking. I'm yeah. not worried about whose they are or, or who's folding them. Yeah. I asked you if you could carry them upstairs. Yeah. We're not, not everything. I love... I mean, I think fairness is great. And when we can make things even, I think that's wonderful. But within a community, which I believe every family is a community, we don't question mm. every single thing and say, I don't put that bowl away because I didn't do it. Yeah, And I don't also guilt my children all day and say, but I put everyone's bowls away. Mm. I just say, this is how we do it. Mm. Not just in this house. This is how we do it when we're walking down the street right. and you see garbage and you pick it up and throw it away. This is how we do it at our jobs. When somebody is struggling, you can help. This is how we do it. And I, you know, the reason I'm saying that, you know, I, I don't, you know, I guess any, anything talking about Congress is by definition political. This is not about saying this person's right, this person's wrong, even though I obviously have my own opinions of how things have come to be the way they are. Mm. I just don't understand how grown people can decide that the way they're going to solve this is by saying, this is the Schumer shutdown, this is the McConnell shutdown, and thinking that somehow putting words on it or language or calling people names will get you what you need. It's beyond my, and again, our highest leadership does that all the time.
0: Well, and talk about just utter lack of responsibility i'm not going to focus on our president i'm going to i'm going to focus on the entire, entire government right. mm-hmm. the legislative and executive we keep pushing back the they keep like extending and funding the government for another
1: kicking the can
0: month mm-hmm. or three months
1: did they uh, did they refund
0: as far as i know as we record this on monday at 10 15 in the morning on monday january 22nd the government is still shut down okay as far as i can tell and what's probably going to happen is that they're going to... Do
1: a three-week plan. Do
0: another three-week mm-hmm. plan. And it's just utter lack of responsibility. They keep doing this and not fixing the problem. And it's
1: all because they need to get a reelected at some yeah. point. So it has nothing to do with what's really necessary or what's at the greater good. Or Now, let me let me say this. I do believe that some people are holding firm on things because it's what it is helpful to people i don't think that every single person is ho- is a horrible person you know being diabolical and trying to hurt people but they're not understanding how much they're hurting people by not learning how to live within a community
0: everybody is is Doing what they think Think is is best. best, Last week, I shared the Sarah Silverman story. Right. This is when I knew that the podcast was almost over because I was reading the Sarah Silverman thing from last week, and my sweetheart, my (laughs) co-partner in podcasting, looked like her eyes were closed, and I was afraid that she'd just fallen asleep, which would have been a first. Yes. So, uh, but anyways, Sarah Silverman. Silverman. Quick, clip note version. She got called the c word by. Uh, Somebody on Twitter, and instead of her throwing you know, fighting back, she looked at his profile and saw
1: he was in pain, saw
0: that he was in pain because he had uh, been assaulted sexually as a young man
1: and he had back
0: issues. issues. So, physically and emotionally, he was in a lot of pain.
1: And so, when you have pain and you don't know where to put it, and you have no support, you project it mm-hmm. onto other people. You make other people the p- source of your pain. Yeah. It's just, projection is just a clinical term for right. you know, off putting your own pain.
0: Yeah, why do we do that?
1: Because we can't tolerate it within our own body. This is, this is going, You know, the threads of the show that I love, going back to the beginning about what I'm talking about, my illness, my physical, emotional, spiritual illness, is it doesn't feel good. When you are having to look at things and feel things or allow your body to do things or it's so horrible that you would much rather make it about somebody else Mm -hmm. or something else. You would much rather say, this isn't mine. It's yours. It's an offshooting. It's like a... um, it's, uh, well, you know, Brene Brown has a good analogy and Glennon and Melton has one that's very simple about the hot potato. Mm-hmm. We don't want to hold the hot potato. Right. So we throw it to someone else and make them hold it. You know, we, we put it, on. it's somebody else's fault. This isn't mine because I don't want to feel it. Right. Rather than being able to sit with it and know that that hot potato will cool down yeah. and that we can tolerate it. And that if we can deal with our own stuff, and not put our pain on other people, then that's the beginning of peace. But instead we decide to put hashtag so-and-so shut down and make it somebody else's fault. I really, honestly, you know, I've worked with kids of all ages and I really feel like children understand this better. There's no doubt about it.
0: There's no doubt about it. I've said many times that they, Skyler would do a better job than a lot of these people who are leading our government.
1: Because they they are in school right now learning how to collaborate and be on a team and and work together and be kind to each other. And so they have this like integrated sense of, oh, wait, do you have something to say Or, Mm. or, oh, wait, we have to give this person a turn. And of course, kids have egos and everybody does. But this system of you're either a winner or a loser, which unfortunately comes from the top down right now. Um, it, it makes no sense mm-hmm. and it's it's a um
0: it's ugly it's like that part in Dave the movie yeah. you love that movie oh, I don't love you? the movie Dave and it's when they're trying to balance a budget, and it's an overly simplistic part of the movie, um but you know, like they have too much too many expenses and not enough revenue. And he sits down and he like looks at it from a very practical sense.
1: Kevin Klein, who's pretending to be the president because the president's in a coma. This is a movie from like the 80s. Um, He, Charles Grodin, is his like his finance guy. Mm -hmm. What do you call that? Like, you know, tax guy or accountant, it's his accountant. And so, you know, he calls his friend and says, you know, I'm the president here and I need you to help me balance this budget. And Charles Grodin comes in and basically says, here's what you need to do. Dave has a meeting and says, goes through every single person. And like, you know, one of the funny things is they realized they were spending $12 million on making sure that people were happy with a car they already bought.
0: I got that scene pulled up.
1: Oh, do you really? Okay.
0: Simple changes in our cash management. Uh, For example, uh, according to the OMB, we've got uh, 17 defense contractors who are delinquent in their contracts. Uh, Is this true, Frank? Uh, I believe so, yes. So even though... They're late. We keep paying them on time. Uh, Well, in a sense, yeah. Okay. Now, instead of giving them money for something they haven't finished, we could hold back that cash, stick it in some interest-bearing savings account. Great. Uh, Like I was saying, if we took that cash and stuck it in even an ordinary savings account, we'd be making $23 million a month in interest. Well... Uh, technically, that's true, but, uh... Oh. Ma'am, I suppose it's true.
1: Okay. Okay. Okay, so that's 23 million.
0: And he goes on and on and on, and just kind of does. He's got his little notepad, right?
1: And again, and I know that's a movie. Yeah, and it's, it's a total Hollywood thing. It's, it's not. I'm not saying that that's really what you, Congress needs to go watch Dave. That's not what I'm saying. But there are ways. There's there are always ways. A way. But there's so much ego, and there's so much like win. Blaming
0: excuses, anger, utter lack of accountability. Of no
1: it's it's so. Again, you know, going back to what I was saying about. Grief from last year and you know into this year—that's a lot of what I hold in my body too. I and I, I'm, I'm definitely not the only one. Um, I think there's a very large percentage of our country who are grieving mm-hmm. for what we watch every day. Mm-hmm. It's very painful, and and I watch Saturday Night Live and I have my laughs about it so I can get that out, but it's not funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not. I it's it's painful and it's caused a lot of grief and fear and discomfort and and we as people individuals in our lives we can rise above it meaning we can run our our families in a more respectful way and we can treat each other well like there are there are ways there are paths
0: i think mother teresa's quote is you want to change the world go home and love your family
1: exactly so in no way am i saying you know oh
0: throw your hands, throw up. Your hands up you what? have you have the ability to make a difference now like my tribe mens group last week where topic was uh, climate change and like well how do we tackle that and we kind of had some bullet points and we all started practicing certain things that we can do in our community that help it's like my one friend Sean who's actually helping us with the uh, conference he every time he walks down the street he brings a garbage bag with him and i always want to do that but i always forget or whatever and then I just think like if, you know it's so simple, but if everybody did that- There'd be nothing on the ground. There'd be nothing on the ground. So just, just do something.
1: And so instead of saying it won't make a difference or I'm the only one or why bother, just do it because you will feel good and then see-
0: And somebody might see you doing that. Correct. And your kids might see you doing that. Correct. And all of a sudden it's this ripple, like how did this happen? And all of a sudden it happens.
1: Exactly.
0: A few iTunes reviews before we close shop. Uh, Carol says that we're insightful thank you Carol Carl um, says that we're his favorite Um, he also says that he's uh, started being coached by me and have greatly enjoyed his feedback in our session so far So thanks Carl for that Um, let's see the medicine shack shop I don't know who they are but they say that we are uh, filled with hope laughter insightful joy and even hold space for tears and challenges you bet and then lastly Heather Bridge says she's hooked so these are people who have given us iTunes reviews in the last few weeks. We like to read them every now and again as a way of saying thank you and a way of, as a way of um, inviting you guys to do the same because it kind of helps us kind of get found by people who are looking for podcasts about self-awareness and things like that. So, um, And that's kind of my deal. Do you have anything else, my darling?
1: No, just remember to get your ticket for the conference. Uh, be a force for good. Come see a bunch of forces for good. Be in a room with a bunch of people who are forces for good. We can do this together, you guys.
0: Six weeks away. And uh, one of our partners is uh, Comprehensive Clinical Services, discoverccs.org. They do individual marriage and family therapy. So thank you to them. And then our two kind of main partners from the very beginning is Dr. Kelly from the Tree of Life, Chiropractic Care, and good old Jeremy Kraft from uh, Avid Company, painting and remodeling throughout Chicagoland area. So um, we'll see you guys next Tuesday, I guess, right? Keep trucking. Have a great week. Adios.